Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Forty-five years after it revolutionized abortion law in America, the landmark 1973 U.S. Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade is once again at a crossroads. In their timely new documentary, Reversing Roe, filmmakers Ricky Stern and Annie Sundberg present a deeply illuminating look at the state of abortion and women's rights in America. The film offers a candid and riveting interview with a number of key figures, including Gloria Steinem, as well as the president of Operation Rescue, Troy Newman, and National Right to Life president, Carol Tobias. It's an intense and unflinching look at the whole story behind abortion in this country, the history of, the court cases, and the intense passion on both sides of the issue. We're joined today by the co-directors of Reversing Row, and that would be Ricky Stern and Annie Sundberg. Welcome back to Film School. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Ricky, just tell us, why did, why did you embark on this project at this time? Well, Annie and I um, had been thinking about doing something that was more like a, a history of women's reproductive health and rights in America. And after the 2016 election, we really wanted to focus on how um, the Roe v. Wade decision um, has impacted America and the issue of abortion. So Roe v. Wade's decision became a prism to look at uh, abortion in America and ultimately how abortion has become so politicized. So it was important to go back and portray in the film what it was like in America when abortion was illegal and then over time how this very private and personal medical procedure that has, uh, you know, that people come to um, for themselves and their families has become so politicized, mm-hmm. and, uh, leaving us where we are today with um, the Supreme Court uh, and uh, a president who had said to us during his candidacy that he would elect pro-life justices and that when faced with the Roe v. Wade decision, they would overturn it. Mm-hmm. And, and, this is Annie. I just wanted to quickly add to that. I think when we started on this film, President Trump had just been inaugurated, and there were some really interesting choices that were being made in the Department of Health and Human Services. So that was also made us sort of open our eyes and say, hmm, this this is a president who did, as Ricky pointed out, he, he made several promises to influential voting blocks, in particular an evangelical voting block, and he was delivering on them within the first, you know, two weeks in office. Right. Before we get to the question of you know, President Trump and, and his apparent commitment to to reversing um, Roe. The, one of the I want to talk about the film in terms of its perspective because I have seen a number of films on abortion, abortion rights, women's rights. This is the first time I can recall seeing a film that is as even-handed and in its presentation. You, we we see all the different points of view on this issue. And um, I really appreciate it because I think for a lot of people, we tend to shop for our news now. We shop for our political perspectives in terms of choices we make. And it's good to see a film that's this well done and presentation by some of the leading people in, in on both sides of this issue. 
Uh, what went into this decision to do this in the uh, the film Reversing Row in this particular way? And Annie, uh, go ahead. This is Annie. From the moment we started, we knew that this was going to be um, an, an exploration of both sides. We were very curious and very interested in understanding how and why people were impassioned, how they chose to express themselves, and, and at what point did things start to turn into this political maelstrom that we have right now where people cannot talk about this issue together across across both sides. And I think it was always a goal for us to have representation from both sides. I think that the tricky thing for us, and, and you see this in all of our films, is that we approach characters. Um, we approach films with an interest in exploring a character's journey, and I think we went into this film with a lot of conversations that were very frank and very open, and we didn't... Um, we weren't... We're not gotcha filmmakers. We're very... We really wanted to explore this, and I think that we were looking for people who would really illustrate where these issues were coming to the fore, and so that led us into places in Texas and in Missouri and then in the national political areas where you see someone like Tony Perkins from the um, Family Research Council and Carol Tobias. Um, it was important for us to have those thought leaders in the film. Yeah. Well, Ricky, I mean, this is why I appreciate this film, and because it's really, I think we are around, we've sort of marinated are in the issue of abortion for for decades now. I mean, Roe versus Wade was now 45 years ago, and we I think there's an assumption that everybody knows everything they need to know about this and just by saying the word abortion, anti-abortion, women's rights and the rest of it that we somehow have a have an understanding and I don't think we do. And I think what this film does is not assume that we do and goes back and really does a great job of of unraveling where we started and how we how we are where we are today. I'm just my question has to do with getting people from both sides of this issue to be open with you to not be guarded because often these films tend to have a perspective one way or the other. Um, what was that yeah. like for you to go out and to approach? And I would assume it'd been more difficult to get somebody from the from the anti abortion or what pro-life however you want to characterize it i assume they would be a little more more guarded about speaking to you talk to us a little bit about that yeah I, you know it's interesting first of all even even the terminology anti uh anti-abortion or pro-choice and yeah. pro-life or anti-choice so we had to we made a decision to use the language that they like to self-identify with so pro-life people like to be called pro-life people and Pro-choice people like to call pro-life people anti-choice. So, you know, some of it was just really trying to come to it with a place saying, we are really curious. We, we want to spend time with you. We want to understand where your passion lies, what motivates you individual. And this I'm speaking for both sides, really. Um, but I know, uh, you know, documentary filmmakers, certainly mainstream media, are thought to be liberal, progressive, and and uh, people are guarded. And I think we, we spent time, we went to the March for Life, we met people there, we went to their conferences, and I have to say people were really open for the most part. Um, you know, the, people came to our office for lunch. We just, we were really trying to say, how do you live your life and what is important to you? And I think ultimately, you you when it's become politicized, when we see how people have used it and have had to claim to be pro-life, to win votes, that's where I think the cynicism lies for mm. us. And I, but, but um, we really that that so that was the first step in, in getting people to open up and let us spend time with them. And I will have to I do have to say though, because um, 
there have been some, uh, in the pro-choice um, side of it, videos that have been used, you know, in, in misinformation and, and taken out of context. Not all the pro-choice organizations were able to be so open or were so open with us. They were more guarded. They were guarded at times. Uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say more than pro-life, but there were some guarded uh, pro-choice organizations as well because um, this is such a, a tough issue for both sides. And media, um, they feel both sides feel like they've been burned. So, um, you know, our goal, again, was really just to say we want to create an opportunity to hear both sides. I, I just want to say, though, that I do, you know, people have asked us, well, you sort of got more into the emotional world of the pro-choice community and the pro-lifers in this are really sort of giving you a framework for their strategy or an understanding of of their you know passion and and why they became lobbyists and i think that's true and the, and again this was a choice in the film and and the reason we went with um going i think emotionally deeper or in spending more time in the emotional world of the pro-choice is because that's what's under siege the pro people in the pro-choice community are the ones battling to keep their legal right legal, and and that's where we felt um, you know it was important to to illustrate what might happen if abortion becomes illegal again, because that's what these people are fighting to prevent, and that's what their fear is. Mm-hmm. I want to let our listeners know that we're speaking with the co-directors of the film Reversing Row, and that's Annie Sunberg and Ricky Stern. It premieres tonight. That's uh, s- September thirteenth on Netflix, and it's also playing in select theaters in New York and in Los Angeles, and we'll have that information on the website at filmschoolradio.com. Yeah, I I completely understand, and I think there is something, um, at least in terms of the presentation of the two different sides, that for pro-choice, the pro-choice side, it's a more nuanced uh, argument, it's a more it's an argument that takes a little longer to explain than it typically you hear from the pro from the um, anti-abortion side and i and i under, and so it's always been a it's always been a little more difficult uh in terms of sound bites for for people who are pro choice and if that's unfair let me know if you think i'm i no. This is Annie, Mike. I think yeah. you absolutely hit it. And I think the people who work on behalf of access to care and abortion, you know, and reproductive justice, they would absolutely agree that in terms of the language, pro-life has a much easier job. Nobody is pro-abortion. And well, I think right. that, you know, the other thing when we started this film, it was an interesting time because the Guttmacher Institute had just released a study that abortions were at an all-time low since, since Roe. A million person, million abortion um, per year number. And I think both sides were very keen to say we had a hand in that. And I think the people who were working on the choice side said we've helped provide contraception, we've helped women plan their families, we've helped reduce the need for abortions. And I think people on the pro-life side said we have managed to make abortion unthinkable or unobtainable in so many places that we've reduced the numbers. So, you know, to your point about how pro-lifers have a much easier time saying, you know, it's a 30-second argument you know, it's about the life of an unborn child and the rationalization, the contextualization, all the other elements that have to go into the choice examination, the nuance, as you put it, it does make it difficult. And yet it is a fundamentally critical conversation for us to have. And Dr. McNicholas in our film talks about 
you know, the ability for a woman to determine the course of her life, it, you know, it's, it's largely determined by her ability to control fertility in her own body. Yeah. One of the things I'm struck by in hearing this, these arguments, the cases being made in the film Reversing Row, is that women have chosen to have abortions from forever, for as long as long as we have any inkling of history. Oftentimes you hear politicians say, I want to make abortion a thing of the past. You know, I want to put Roe v. Wade on the ash heap of history. Right. The reality is women have always had abortions. They always have. And as people in the um, reproductive health community say, it's whether or not abortion is going to stay legal and safe, and we're going to respect women's intelligence and their ability to make that decision for their body. And, and that's, I think, you know, the concern is that if you make it so hard or so unattainable that women are going to be driven into back alleys or self-aborting, um, we're just going to see where we, we're going to get back, right back to where we were years right. ago. Right. And we're, women are, women are going to harm themselves yeah. because they're not going to stop having abortions. All right. And the idea, the fundamental idea that uh, women, and the argument was made in, the, in Roe versus Wade was that the idea of control over your own body, that, that you have, the state has, that somehow the state has an interest in controlling what you do with your body. Let me ask you in the last minute or so that we have, I'll ask you, you uh, Annie, where are we going to be uh, two years from now, a year from now, we, we, if we see this current uh, uh, nominee for the Supreme Court uh, does make it to the court in a year or two, what will uh, abortion rights be, what would they look like in two years? Well, there are a couple things to say about this. I think we're all feeling that there's a strong likelihood that Kavanaugh will be confirmed. Mm -hmm. And we just saw this week, in the days leading up to the launch of this film, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a three-Republican judge panel, made a very surprising decision to allow a very restrictive law in Missouri to stand. Mm. And what's notable about this case is that, first of all, this judge, this, the panel of judges, one was appointed by George W. Bush, one was appointed by Trump, they are in some ways directly challenging the most recent test of Casey, which was Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstadt. Mm -hmm. And what we saw in that situation when we still had Kennedy on the bench was that um, the justices, and you see it in our film, they found the undue burden test to be without merit, that really this, the specious claims of women's health and safety that led to restrictive abortion, um, restrictions on abortion in Texas, they were unfounded. And they, you know, it was, it was a huge victory in terms of the allowing Casey to basically stand and allowing access for women. What we're seeing now is an interpretation of Kavanaugh ascends to the court. There could be a very different interpretation of this case. If you look at it, it's a very close challenge that it's very similar, and the result this time may not be so great for women. Ricky, what do you think happens if if the court does decide to overturn Roe v. Wade and in its place essentially allows states to um, to decide whether or not abortion is legal in their state? What do you think? What do you think the consequences of that moving forward are? Well, I, I think we've heard that there are at least twenty states that will make abortion illegal. Well, actually, and actually, Ricky, I understand that there was a, a number of those states have actually passed laws that are essentially hinged on when, 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 right. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, that's right. Well, 
That's right. It, it, it will immediately will make abortion illegal. Right. And we'll have some states like New York and California and you know, that, yeah, that have the opposite, that have that have enshrined uh, the Roe v. the right to an abortion, uh, the legal right to an abortion. And, um, you know, I think people will, there will be people who have money who can still get on those planes, as we saw pre-Roe, uh, and get to states that have legalized abortion. But there are many, many people who are either going to have children uh, who, who really don't want to have children, who can't have children, uh, you know, who, who feel their lives are not, they're not prepared to have children, um, or they're going to be seeking illegal abortion. Mm. And, um, you know, and as we saw when, when abortion became legal, women entered the workforce. It was actually a good thing for the all-American economy, for the, for the U.S. Right. economy, when women entered the workforce. And one of the, the, um, the things that allowed women really to, to enter the workforce was the ability to control their reprodu- reproductivity and um, their, their bodies. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. There's going to be, there, there are probably unforeseen impacts, um, results that will come from, from making abortion illegal. Well, I, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I can agree more. I think you look around the world, it is an absolute given, it's an absolute cause and effect when women get access to education, when they get access to birth control, their societies improve. The, the state of women and the, the state of their societies improve dramatically. It's, it's, it is a, it's, a, it's a fact around the world. And I, 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 my personally think that we'll be more women participating in politics over the next forever. <laughs> and, and I was just in terms of you're two years out. I think we're going to see that come the midterms right now. Yeah. I think it's a really exciting year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think things are changing, but we have a Supreme Court that looks like it's more than capable of reversing Roe. And um, well. This could not, I, uh, once again, the timing of this film couldn't be more appropriate, more important for people to be uh, paying attention, and the fact that you presented all the, the different aspects fairly and, and uh, with all respect to the people involved is a tremendous um, document. And uh, I thank you for the film, and I thank you once again uh, for coming back and joining us again on Film School. Uh, this is a real honor to have you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Again, the film is Reversing Row. We've been speaking with the co-directors, Annie Sundberg and Ricky Stern. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.